um though with that at least be like a culminating point where you're like this is it i am done for me that was it (laughs) would you say this was a point where you started saying i you started recognizing i want a healthy relationship yes what did that and previous experiences teach you about love to say well this wasn't it let's put that past behind and let me try to figure out this healthy love space yeah so that taught me and my other previous experiences taught me that I need to take a step back and take some accountability on myself and realize okay what why am I attracting the same type of person what is it about me that's causing me to attract the same type of person and once I started to do that and start thinking in that mindset I think that's when that was like my first I would say it was like my first step to like growth Hi, my name is Chanel. Hi, everyone. My name is Ashley. Welcome to Soothing Her, the podcast. A transformative journey through the art of healing. Yes, yeah, so we're going to be tackling the many facets of healing, the power of resilience, sharing personal stories, and welcoming expert insights. Truly, this is Soothing Her, the podcast. This is Soothing Her. Hello everyone, how are you all doing? Welcome to this episode of Soothing Her. I'm your co-host, Ashley, and I'm here with my girl, Chanel. Hello everyone. Hi, I am Chanel, your co-host here with my girl, Ash, as well. (laughs) (laughs) So today, today is a very, it is a super, super, super sensitive emotional, very vulnerable topic. Today, everyone, we are going to be talking about healing from heartbreak. As you know, the episode is titled, Where Do Broken Hearts Go? And with this episode, we want to really open the space for our audiences who are going through heartbreak and we want to set the tone for a very warm compassionate discussion for those that are healing from heartbreak right now and especially now that we're getting into the holiday season and if any of the recent relationships that have ended and now it's possibly maybe your first holiday you know without that person and just things are a little bit different you know we want to let you all know that we are here for you and we're creating this space for a great open discussion and you know we just want to talk about our own personal journeys through our own romantic relationships share our own personal experiences the lessons that we've learned from these experiences the emotional impact it's had on us and how it has shaped us into who we are now and helped us grow and also like diving into some of the psychological and emotional aspects of having a broken heart too. You know, we're going to be talking about the five stages of grief and what that looks like in a relationship 
and then also some things to take away at the end and how we can encourage you all to continue to work on yourself and find that joy again. Yes, it is a heavy topic for us. And we are, I'm over here sitting while Ash is talking and I spaced out for a second. And I'm here trying to catch my breath, like calm myself down because I have not spoken about this. It's not publicly, but it is public. You know, it has always been the safe, confined space of my friends. And now an audience gets to hear that. And I'm just looking forward to discovering my perspective on that. Just to ensure that I am taking the right approach of where I'm going past this situation, past this time. Of my life and thankfully I have friends and to have that conversation with them will be a good way of resolving anything that's left from that time of my life really so of course like we start every episode is just asking where does this take us of course where do we start Let's start the conversation. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) let's get into it. So going or speaking about heartbreak and highlighting the journey that has got us here for me, I would say I'm really glad that we started the podcast and it is one of those things that I am now as I am healing and growing and moving forward, it has allowed me to really speak openly about my experiences and I will say like yes this recent heartbreak encouraged me to even start to heal or want to heal Um, and the ways in which I have experienced relationships in my life really stemmed from my own early visions and perceptions of what I thought love was. As you mentioned in the family episode, we got to love family. We love our parents and everything. But sometimes they just weren't the best example. <laughs> example for us growing up and showing us exactly what it means when uh, you receive love from a man and what that really looks like. And, you know, exactly what God says about how when a man loves a woman, how that's supposed to feel, what that's supposed to look like and vice versa. When a man, when a woman loves a man, like what does that look like? How does that, um, what does God say about that? And we, we don't always have the best examples growing up. And unfortunately for some of us, you know, you take that, you see that. And then you earlier on, some of us, you know, do develop that early discernment as to, okay, I see what's in front of me. And then I, these are things that I'm taking away from it. And these are things that I don't want to take away from it. But then there's some of us and I'm, you know, one of those people where that's all I know. And so I'm thinking that this is, this is what love really is. And for me, you know, I didn't really love my parents to death, but I didn't really see a good experience of that growing up where for me it was uh, my mom, of course, being pretty much running the household as a traditional Nigerian woman, just planning everything, 
knowing where everything is at, no, cooking, doing all the cleaning, just like really giving herself and making those sacrifices. So that's what I thought, you know, when you are married, like these are the things that you're going to be doing. And she would always be nagging on me and my siblings. Oh, you have to be organized. You have to be clean. You have to be neat. You have to do all these things. You have to know how to cook. You have to know how to do your own laundry. Like be a woman, like take care of yourself. When you get married, is this how you're going to have your room? <laughs> just like, just those, but it's so crazy. Like those little things that your parents say to you. Mm-hmm. And especially as, um, someone who has grown up with like immigrant parents, you know, parents from Nigeria and everything, you know, they're only operating from a space where they know. So of course, I'm sure my mom's, my grandma was probably nailing this. Yeah. (laughs) Nailing, nailing this on my mom. Yeah. And so growing up, like that's kind of what I perceived. And then of course, for my dad, he was the main breadwinner, you know, he was out there, um, going to work and we didn't really get that much emotional, um, I would say emotional support from him at growing up. It was more so as long as you are doing well in school, you're excelling, you are getting into an Ivy League school, you're pursuing, a me- you're going to be a doctor, going to be an engineer, whatever STEM program and everything, then that was all that he saw. And there was no emotional like connection there. And it was really hard growing up to even talk to my parents about dating in general you know, what does dating look like? It was just a hard conversation from both of my parents. Don't have sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that is okay. So like, <laughs> that it okay. was so taboo in our household too. It was, don't even talk about it. Don't think about it. Don't ask about it. Exactly. So talking to my parents about dating, yeah, most of these, like Chanel said, most of these conversations were very taboo in my family it was, don't have sex. My mom, same thing. Don't have sex. Don't, my dad was like, you, you can, I never said you can't have a boyfriend, but we just, you have to make sure that it is after college or after all, after you've gotten your all your degrees and you know, you have your career established and everything, which of course, yes, that makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I'm over here excelling and now I have all my degrees and now you just expect me to be married. <laughs> what our parents sold to us is tradition tradition and the culture that they knew it wasn't anything sentimental that had to do with direct personal values direct identity because they did not come from a time where they knew much of that it wasn't a conversation that they had and therefore they could not have shown us anything that they did not know and similar experience from my household I mean my parents were together for 30 something years because my eldest sister was 30 um, almost late 30s when my mom passed away so they were together for almost 40 years and I would dare say maybe less than 20 times I saw my parents being affectionate being close to you know how some children say they see their parents lovey-dovey and they're like ew get a room I wish I saw that I never saw any of that (laughs) I never saw any of that and then so much of that same thing too is about on the subject of sex you are not allowed to don't have this conversation like my mom if you went on my mom was so fearful i'm not sure if it had anything to do with trauma for her but again back in the conversations on family it was a lot to do with reputation the outside representation of the family if we went out she timed us to ensure that you're not going out there and talking to any boys you're not going out there messing around 
I'm timing you. And if you're not back in, based on the task that she sent us to do, the errand, if you're not back by this time, she would scream the village down. Like the whole village would hear my mom calling us. And it was so embarrassing. So anybody, it was like a security alarm. If you know your mom calling, you better run home because if somebody's talking to you, trying to whisper sweet nothings in your ear, that person is going to be so embarrassed. So you're quickly dashing home because you do, you want her to stop calling you. You want that alarm to stop going off. So in essence, it was almost something dangerous to stay away from. It wasn't anything that was enticing, inviting for you to know that it was born out of love or it was born out of good intentions. It was something that just felt like it's going to damage you. It is just so wrong. And then when you're older, you know, they try to instill in us the good things of that independence. Earn your degree, get a job. Like my mom thing was no boyfriends until you're earning and paying your own bills. That was wow. a thing. Until you're paying your own bills in any home, whether it's yours or this, you're not, no boyfriends allowed in this space. So for us, we were so scared of even having a guy you know, introduce to our family. I didn't have a boyfriend until I was like in my second year of college. And even then, I don't think I told my mom. My dad clearly did not even know. Mm-hmm. And then one of the times that I, there was this guy I liked and I wanted to date him. I literally had to throw a birthday party so that he can come to the house <laughs> <laughs> because my parents would not allow it. And they were there, we're talking. And my friends are whispering and I'm like, we're giving each other like side views from across the way. And they did not know it was after the party. Of course, I confessed to my mom because my, one of my friends said something, but it was just something that they were just so scared of what the consequences would lead to maybe a derailment of the plans and the goals that they had for us. So even, you know, setting the stage on that side and not seeing it in the house, there was also knowing when I was in a relationship kind of what I wanted it to look like but I don't think I knew exactly what I wanted it to look like because I didn't expose myself to fully get in there I feel like I always found something wrong to break off run away sooner than um, certain things would happen I think it was linked to consequences when I think about it mm. and I've thought about it for the years I think it was the consequences of maybe like an early pregnancy or my family finding out and me getting shamed or me not being the only girl that that this guy was with because a huge thing sadly coming from Dominica is the guys over there will have multiple women unfortunately or be talking dating multiple women at the same time and I was really fearful of somebody, me being intimate or close with someone and then walking in the streets and the guy saying, oh, I was with her. Like I was so fearful of my name being called in any scenarios like this. So before it crossed any particular limit, I ran away. So I didn't really get to develop what love or that support in a relationship would look like. It was only on the surface facetious level that you you got close enough and then so it was always a temptation of how far do i go it was almost like dating somebody else was how further can i go with that person what do i want to discover and i didn't really know what i wanted to discover other than something physical Mm -hmm. because that was something that i've been told to stay away from so long so would you say that that is your just reflecting back on your early 
interactions with like romantic relationships like that is that's like where you would say like you your journey began really that's the story okay that's the story honestly yeah I think for me when I'm reflecting back on my early encounters with like romantic relationships I think it stemmed back from high school where me I grew up in Vancouver Washington so it's a very predominantly white neighborhood and a and very predominantly white um high school middle school high school just in general like air area so there really wasn't that many like african americans in my classrooms um and i was so used to being like the only like black girl in my class all the time and you know when you're in high school you're going through all these hormone changes and everyone's out here asking other people to like the school dances and like the proms and the homecomings and I never once got asked yeah so like growing you know that really and then of course when you're not getting that emotional that type of like emotional connection back at home you know you're not having someone like really pour into you like that and like showing you how much you're worth or showing Mm -hmm. you how your how much like talking to you about the importance of knowing your worth the importance of having like self-confidence then you take all of that and you're just over out here in the wild just wondering what all that looks like and then of course you see your peers that don't look like you and they're having all these experiences and you're wondering you know what's wrong with me what's going on why and then I can remember it was this what I had a friend back at the time that I said well girl you can't be looking here. You have to look in Portland. And I was like, Portland? What? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and so she introduced me to <laughs> a dating app where oh, I was. <laughs> Why am I laughing so I don't know. <laughs> she introduced me to a dating app called Tagged. I don't know if it, I don't know if this app still exists now. I have no idea. That but like the old MySpace. That my <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. Like, once I made an account, oh my gosh, the comments, the likes, like everything flooded in. And now I didn't even post, like looking back, I like, damn, my pictures are not even that cute. Like, you know, when you look at your old, like high school pictures, you're like, wow, mm, okay. <laughs> what was I thinking then? I was looking so good We were, we sure were. I sure thought I chose the best pictures to post on there. And I made, and I made an, a profile and I was like, oh snap and like as soon as all the comments flew in I was like you know I just felt so happy that very valid I was like oh I am beautiful I am this I'm just like okay look at all these guys I'm like get out of here I'm just like and I then I was like that was when it started I'm going to Portland I'm going to Portland and as soon as I was so bad in high school as soon as I got my car um I you know started like going to see these guys in Portland and I started to, like, hang out with them. And, like, so those are, like, my early encounters of, like, with just hanging out with men in general. I was, like, I think 17 at the time was when I first, like, started really getting to, like, hang around men and, like, going on dates and, um, like, hanging out with them, like, at the park or at their house and all that stuff. Like, man. Well, let me not play like I was so innocent. There were crushes, and I'm saying crushes because so the the high school I went to, um, it's not exactly like it's kind of city based. I I don't even know how it's structured back um in Dominica, but we had one particular high school that was the um the main school for goodness maybe like 
15 different villages no they are small we all take the school bus from miles away we come to we congregate at this one school so my crush lived in a totally different parish oh, wow. as me so we would be like sneaking off love letters mm -hmm. like throughout That's school cute. like yeah. his friends in the library i remember one of my english teachers caught me in the library talking behind the bookshelf <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't yeah. all the way you know but i mean so yeah i i i had there were things and there were people like even way before my first like boyfriend boyfriend in college that i would sneak off love letters to and goodness i remember being in primary school mm -hmm. and liking this guy like it's so crazy like being and it was always a back and forth i liked him or there was a guy that i liked and he did not like me and then when he liked me i didn't like him like i felt this tug of war with individuals emotionally for years so it never had the consistency and maybe that played a factor into when somebody tried to get closer to me mm -hmm. i would pull away because i felt like there's going to become a time when they won't like me anymore so mm -hmm. i had to protect myself and escape sooner okay so when you mention when you reflect on that type of experience like what would you say those types of relationships were like your early interactions with like romantic relationships were just like crushes and then did they turn into anything back then the early ones stay crushes okay. nothing came from that and then the first boyfriend that i had was in college like my second year of college um, we met and we started really engaging in conversation getting to know each other i got to meet his dad and um, of course knew my whole circle of friends the crushes never got to that level yeah. and then was getting too comfortable i think okay. i was getting way too comfortable and we were getting to a point where i think we would have started getting more intimate or physically intimate with each other mm -hmm. and i wasn't ready for that so it was two things i said i'm not going to waste your time because i am not ready to cross that bridge and secondly i don't feel the level of intense attraction to you anymore so i don't want to fall into the trap of just doing something because society is requiring the time that we spend matters and it needs to be rewarded with something mm -hmm. so i wasn't and there was there were other particular reasons that i was just saying that i wanted for the longest to wait for a husband mm -hmm. that was one of the things and i didn't felt when i was so young i mean i was 17 at the time and i just didn't feel like that was husband clearly I wasn't ready for that so I had to walk away I it wasn't the right time wow okay that's really that's really amazing so that you had like that mindset like so earlier on like I want to wait for husband yeah how did you get to that point or what about your childhood like really shaped that mindset like I want to wait for husband upbringing I think it mainly had to do with upbringing seen though my parents again they were not very much affectionate but they were there they were present they were involved in all lives and how we were raised and again the other individuals from my community i saw a lot of broken homes and i saw a lot of supported homes where they were both mom and dad and they were married couples for years and again there was the complete absence of um i would say a closeness and intimacy but again growing up in that culture it felt like that was my next duty okay. after school to mm -hmm. be somebody's wife and that was the closed mindset of also the area where i grew up in dominica too it was 
definitely nuclear family, extended family focus. You got ma- you went to school, you got married, and even the older generation, the older community that was there, they were some of the women did not get past like high school or even college. Okay. So for us, it was also an achievement, but also it was your next step is a husband. And again, the thing of I wanted to be a respectful adult for my parents. I felt like that they deserved that and they did not deserve me tarnishing the family name. I didn't want to, again, have any early teen pregnancies. I did not want to have my name being called. And I was like, if I'm going to mess around with somebody, better be my husband because that's not going to be out of the house. So it was it was a lot of that. I don't think it had to do with me longing for love. Um, Later on, it did turn to that. But very early on, those relationships was when I walked away. Mm -hmm. That was the mindset that I wanted to wait for husband and waiting for husband, then doing the duty of family, of village, of community. That's really awesome, you know, that you had that early, that mindset so early on. Because for me, I think it was because I wasn't getting that love that I needed from both of my parents growing up. I think yeah. that me earlier on back in my back in high school and throughout college, it was that yearning to be loved mm-hmm. and feeling like I needed or just seeking valid validation in the wrong place. Yeah. And because I didn't get that from my bo- both of my parents in that way, like talking to me about my self-worth, talking to me about confidence, tell, talking to me about, oh, you are, you know, my dad always said, yeah, you're, all my children are beautiful and whoever doesn't turn around and look at you has a stiff neck. It's just like, you would always say that. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just saying that because you're my dad. You have to say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, it's just one of those things. And so, of course, you know, if I didn't, I didn't have that growing up in my household. And so where was I seeking that from my friends? Yeah. You know, outside sources, like leaning on my friends and, and learning from like their experiences, like what they think love is, or this is how you're supposed to, you're supposed to do this, or this is, um, this is what dating looks like. And this is what it means when you like go on a date with a guy, you do this, you do that and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So it really wasn't for me, like those early relationships in high school and throughout college were not, I would say to me, if I'm categorizing, reflecting um, back on these early relationships, they were not kind of romantic in some shape, shape or form, but in high school, no, it was really just because I didn't get that validation. It was me like yearning for that yeah. and without developing um, self-love first. And I, me, in my mind, I was not thinking about hubby. Yeah, yeah, in depth. No, not at all. Um, I didn't even know anything about that at all. You know, and then in college, it was like um, those, I would call, I mean, I feel like then in college, the term we have now, like all those like situationships, I feel like that's kind of what I had <laughs> in college. Because there's not much you can do in college when you're in, you know, I went to Washington State University, you know, so in Pullman, it's like a college town. There is not really much to do out there. It, you're literally on eastern, on the eastern side of Washington, right close to Idaho. Mm-hmm. And the only thing you can do, especially freshman year, sophomore, you don't have a car, you're living in the dorms and all that. Like your dates were the, the dining halls. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, and like, I guess, yeah, the, those in, in a sense are like, and there's some restaurants around, but like, um, your dates was, I'm going to see you at the party. I'm going to yeah. see you here yeah. and all that stuff. I'm going to yeah. come to your dorm room and all that, you know, and hang out and watch a movie or something. But it was again, but those never turned into anything. And I would be getting so like frustrated, like 
I'm over here showing you how great of a person I am, like showing you all these great qualities and you're still like, what is it that you don't see? So doing those, um, going through that in college really took a toll on me because it was like, dang, like I'm here I am like proving to you or that my mindset then was here I am like proving to you that I am this great person and I have all these great qualities um, and why aren't you, why aren't you seeing that too? Let me ask you two questions on that. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Did that start for you? Were you building up that mindset from high school? I know those relationships where you know you were exploring mm-hmm. what that, what even a relationship was. Exactly. Yeah. So, college, you had an idea. Okay, I'm older now. I'm more mature. I've had some experiences. My I've seen what happened with my friend. I have a certain way that I want to feel. Two questions on that. Did that start for you in college? And when you say that you're here, I'm showing you myself and you're not seeing it. What was your expectation? Yeah, like to become official. Girlfriend yeah, official. Yeah, to, to be girlfriend official. Yeah, I did actually. Because I was like, okay, here we are. You you showed interest in me. You came up to me and asked me for my number. You came up to me and wanted to pursue me and said, hey, you know, whatever, I don't remember, like, the old pickup lines or anything <laughs> like that, but, you know, in college, like, you know, you, someone expressed interest in me and said, hey, like, I like you, want to get to know you, want to hang out, all that stuff, okay, we're hanging out, we're doing all this, and I'm just like, so where is this going? Mm-hmm. Like, so where, and I started asking, like, I just started recognizing, you know, like, and to start asking those questions, like, hey, we've been hanging out, we've been going, um, here I am showing him, like, you, I'm telling you about myself, telling you about um, where I'm from and like this is a normal like get, get to getting to know you questions and all that and then it's like okay you see I'm in school you see that I'm you know doing well in my classes and all that like I'm just these I'm telling you and like you can see it like mm-hmm. you know as I'm building, building some, some trying to as uh, to the yeah. extent you can in college yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> you know but at the same time yeah and I was just always wondering like why for me, it was just like, I, again, I understand it now, but then I didn't understand, like, and the reason why I was so frustrated, because they always, and then they always just wanted to, like, of course, they just wanted to get in my pants, they just mm-hmm. wanted to have sex, and I was just like, why is that your first, yeah. like, instinct? I'm over here, like, what impression am I giving you that says yeah. we need to go to that level, like, right now, you know, and I was frustrated, and I'm just like dude, like, what am I doing? You know, like, you're coming, calling me over to hang out. I'm thinking we're going to just, like, talk. And, like, because I know we're in college. You can't do much. I don't, you know, I didn't have all these fancy expectations because, again, we're in college. And so I'm just, like. Disrespect. Yeah. And it was frustrating. It was very frustrating. And But I understand it now. Obviously, done a lot of, like, gained a lot more knowledge and all that stuff so now. Back then, what those early relationships taught me about, love was that you know you definitely have to you can't seek validation like obviously from 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 a guy like that's that's not okay like that your validation should come from well first it should come from god number one but uh, within yourself too and then understanding now just how men back then not all but majority like you're in college like of course you're gonna everyone's exploring everyone's having sex everyone's doing this like of course they want to get in your pants why wouldn't they want to it was a thing and still currently is today, like like you mentioned earlier, like how men just want to have like multiple women and do all this. And they want to, um, it was a way that they got confidence and respect amongst their friends exactly. too. And so that's, that makes sense now. Like I understand that now, but back then I didn't get it. 
it was a bargaining chip and mm-hmm. so funny it's the natural engineering of men and women because while it might come from a different expression we just it was the same thing mm-hmm. i was being pursued but i did not want that attachment because i was scared of the same thing that you just said earning that respect and maybe for them it wasn't even earning their respect but these men would just whistle like you're walking down the street and they would just whistle oh, so yeah. ugly and you just yeah. knew the intention and it grossed yeah. me out yeah. so weirdly i would call it the bagon spray like mm-hmm. <laughs> like I would just quickly turn my head and run. And then you run back home in Dominica and they're not hurling nasty words at you because you ignored them. And it was just like, that's exactly why I won't stoop to your level. I Why would I even go that route with you? Right. Please. Yeah. But again, it's about learning your values and mm-hmm. over time that comes with just all those experiences because this is what we are the sum of. Yeah. All, all our experiences, this right. is how we live the life yeah. and what we allow into our circle, into our lives to shape who we are and what we become. Right. And so for me, like going through those experiences in college, my mindset was like, okay, I just was like, why do I keep attracting the same freaking type of guy over and over and over again? And it took like one last straw with this one guy. And I was <laughs> like, straw. I'm not having this again. No, that heartbreak in college was like not. I was like, I think that was my first heartbreak was in college. Yeah, I was dating a guy and he was fine and everything. Um, but I think what happened was um, this is why it, it was the last straw for me. He, the reason, you know, we were like, he asked me to be his girlfriend so we actually became official for a little bit but it wasn't I don't, it's one of those things where it's like yes we were official but looking back then I'm just like now that I understand what a rare relationship is I'm just like mm, okay me it's just it didn't last it something it was something but it didn't last long enough you know like I'm just like oh Ash, Ashley Ashley uh, <laughs> month we became official because we started getting to know each other a little bit before so it was it felt like a while like yeah. you know in college years I guess it felt like a while but the reason why we didn't end up work out was because um when we were officially dating we were boyfriend and girlfriend um yes we were like sexually intimate then and everything but the reason why we didn't work out was because he said that I wasn't experienced enough huh so that just tells you his sole expectation yep. of what he was looking yep. for in that relationship. Yeah. And that broke me down because it was, and not only that, it was, I wasn't experienced enough. And then he had talked to other people about how unexperienced oh, I was. Yep. And when you're out of school where there's not that very many like black people around, it's a very small black community. It's All just like it, that. I don't know if that's true, but it felt like it. Mm. And to me, that was like the worst. Oh, so I'm laughing about it now, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just sure. like, oh my gosh. Like it took a while for me to come out out of that because I just was what? walking around with like my head down. <laughs> like I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I that girl with you because oh, it clearly geez, meant that she so had nice. not been around. So that's yeah, great. Right? That's yeah. what you would think. Right. right? You know, but men looking for stuff but they don't know how to value it so with um with that at least being like a culminating point where you're like this is 
it. That was I am it. Yeah, done. For me, that was it. <laughs> Would you say this was a point where you started saying, I, you started recognizing, I want a healthy relationship? Yes. What did that and previous experiences teach you about love to say, well, this wasn't it. Let's put that past behind and let me try to figure out this healthy love space. Yeah. yeah. So that taught me and my other previous experiences taught me that I need to take a step back and take some accountability on myself and realize, okay, what, why am I attracting the same type of person? What is it about me that's causing me to attract the same type of person? And once I started to do that and start thinking in that mindset, I think that's when that was like my first, I would say it was like my first step to like growth and working on myself and under like trying to rebuild my self-confidence, trying to build, rebuild my, find my self-worth and validate my own self. Of course, like with the help of my friends back then, like they really helped me during that time too. And they were there for me, listening to me vent and cry and be like, I don't want to go outside. People think about this, you know, and all this other stuff. And, um, that not all, but some men, like that's just really what their mindset is. They just, because, and again, it's like, these um because our culture is so sexually saturated you know that's all they see and so even you know i'm sure he's had clearly probably has had way more experiences than i had you know and probably like certain things or positions or whatever stuff and one thing that i've learned from that now is like you know with my like future husband like i would want to learn and grow with you Absolutely. you know i'm not out here i don't think it's there's no it serves me nothing to go out here and get all these like sexual experiences like for what Mm -hmm. you know like i'd rather do that like you said earlier with my husband yeah it's not gonna be yes in essence when you're meeting somebody you're or auditioning your life for them but it's not a requirement of that audition for them if that person really truly wants you they can set that expectation and to be quite honest like if we have to dig into so much of that that ex probably wasn't even experienced on his own for himself because he was expecting you to meet that satisfaction level you know what makes you like what turns the light on Mm -hmm. what makes the heart warmer Mm -hmm. like you know what does that for you internally somebody doesn't have the reading to turn it up to heat it up to slow it like yeah you guys get to know each other and you teach each other he was clearly a selfish lover i would say that too because he didn't want to take the time to teach you and if he felt like okay i knew better then why not teach you or show you right but the thing is that he did not he had a certain unreal expectation and he felt like because you were not meeting his way of how he should feel you weren't good enough and then then and then again like that is what also took a toll on me yes it was like the first step of um like growth towards then but that i think is when i really started to feel that i'm not good enough and that still i didn't really like let i didn't really heal at that time i don't think i properly healed that experience like that mindset at the time and i think that's what festered like into my next relationship where it was like the most like grandiose like heartbreak i've ever dealt with in my life you know yeah so would you like to get into that yeah we can i mean that i took a break and i moved to san diego to go to law school 
And uh, as I mentioned in the prior episodes, like law school was the first year was just so much. It was too much. So there's I had no I had no mental capacity to even think about dating that first year of law school at all. Um, I'm proud of you because you could have thought of it as an escape. You're I like, could have, but I do. You boo. No, Sorry. but there was no, uh, like, there was just no, you just have to be a law student, first-year law student. Like, there really is, unless you're already, like, coming into school in a relationship, like, there's just no way. And I'm, there's just all so much going on, and I'm in a new space by myself. Like, there's, I just had all these experiences, and, like, trying to get used to being in grad school and, like, learning a new way of thinking, new way of thinking, and, um... Yeah, I was just like having fun in law school, having fun with my um, the classmates, like going out and like, you know, hanging out with them and like just going through it with the with them. So, and then I st- I gave dating another chance in law school. Um, and then I was like, okay, so but not really dating people in that I went to school with, because like I was like, no, that's a little weird. Like I'd rather just see like what else does San Diego have to offer? Obviously, like here I am in this beautiful like city that people come here to vacation. You know, and people call this like, like a vacation spot. So mm-hmm. I was like, "Whoa, what's going on out here?" So I got back on the apps again and like met a few people, but just didn't really like like them enough. Like I took my time with them this time. Like having learned from those experiences, like I paced okay. myself, took time to get to know them, and I was just like, "Nah, it's just not. I'm what okay." Was what was it about them? I think because it was. I know San Diego is like really known for obviously like a lot of people, a lot of men here are in the military or in the Navy. Yeah. And so I was meeting a lot of them, which is just the nature of where I was, you know, which is fine. But I don't know. It's just something about their personalities or just the particular people that I was encountering that I just didn't really like, like, no, I didn't really connect with. And ultimately, like I nothing wrong with like people that are in the military or in the Navy or anything, like definitely admire you all for like serving our country and everything. But that's when I met like my last relation like met the person that I was in a relationship with last was like the second going into my most recent recent. yeah going into my second year of law school and that relationship lasted for four years four years Mm -hmm. how was your heart going through going through that it was amazing because I was like oh this person's great like I thought you know we're pacing ourselves like took our time to like get to know each other um and it would it progressed I mean it progressed in a normal way I didn't really think anything moved too fast mm-hmm. um I think in the early stages there were times where again like I understand now like it's just some for some guys it is a way to test women like how fast can I get her in bed I understand that like so for some men they don't know any other way to test women so it's fine mm-hmm. I mean I get it it is what it is mm-hmm. right but for me like I was like no I'm not having that not doing that sorry you're not coming back to my place <laughs> you're not coming back to my place I learned my lesson and not coming back to my place you know so um yeah and then the relationship like naturally like progressed like we were dating throughout my experience in law school and then I um, graduated law school like he was with me through all these like major like milestones um so graduation and then actually we like lived together um after law school and then it was still like progressing, even like experiencing like, going through a whole pandemic with someone like, whoo, man, like we were like all these different, like amazing things. And then, you know, we actually were engaged. And so it was really like progressing, you know, and then I think the major heartbreak of it all was just the, you know, when you are 
engaged and like getting ready to be married and like going through like those marriage preparations, you know, we moved out of our apartment and all that stuff. Um, again, like relationship was progressing and we bought our first house together and that was like progressing and then come really like close to the date we were supposed to get like married, you know, like I find out that for the last two years of our relationship, like he was actually having an affair. Let's be a little more specific to weigh the impact of this. How many days before your well-planned, thought-out, stressed-out (laughs) wedding did you find out that your fiancé, your boyfriend partner of four years, Mm -hmm. and fiancé of two years is having an affair? It was five days before the wedding. Five days mm-hmm. before, before the Nigerian wedding. Yeah. Sami's in tongue. Mm-hmm. Everybody is the work. ready. They were like flying. They were like flying in during that week. Yeah. Okay. I was wrong. Flying in. Yeah. Everybody, well, they have had tickets. So they might have. Oh, yeah. Everyone. Oh, yeah. True. True. You <laughs> so know, they, his they parents were, were actually in town because they flew from Nigeria. Right. So, like, yeah. We're here ready to see this love bloom into its next stage. Yeah. And then. Mm-hmm. The beautiful rose glass yeah. shatters. Yep. How were you on that day, Ash? Like, yeah. where did your mind go in that hour? Well, Do you remember? Yeah, of course. I'm not going to forget. I, want you to I am not going to forget <laughs> at all. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, with that, it was um, finding like just receiving a message from the other person that he was involved with like through social media um Mm -hmm. and it was actually like a very close friend of mine that pointed me to even go check said message because that person had reached out to her and said you know um do you know this girl and all that and you know she was like yes I do like you know how in the world do you know this person um so that's how I found out and so yeah it was a very you know, one of those times where you're just like, I don't know if you, if you just think of like glass shattering and like slow motion. I can't yeah. imagine. I, yeah. I'm sure that you are, you are at the gym, you're like on the treadmill. Yeah, we were, because like normally like we were both into super into fitness. And so like it was one of our things we did on the weekends, like we work out together. Um, and I did find out because I was just like, um, I mean, she I didn't know when the message was going to be sent because she had actually befriended me on Instagram at the time um and then I had no idea um and then you know I accepted it her friend request and then I was like I don't know what is going to happen and I didn't know what was going on so I just was like all right I'm just gonna I'm again I'm like in the wedding mode (laughs) like I'm ready like I I think that day I was like I still have to do the seating chart <laughs> i started to do the seating chart and like place everyone um or just to go over the names of our seating chart to make sure there were no like spelling errors you know mm-hmm. before like pressing giving the final confirmation to the company because we had like those um that seating chart on a board on like a poster mm-hmm. or, like one of those like um canvases yes. so everybody can clearly read where they're going etc yeah, yeah yeah so but yeah you know um, I do want to talk about this experience, like, as we, again, like, dive into the, just the psychological and emotional, like, aspects of, like, what a broken heart was and, like, using this and my experiences and talking about, you know, the five stages of grief. So that first, and I just want to briefly, like, 
go over you know when you experience something like that traumatic one of the things this is how like my own therapist like broke it down to me where there are five stages of grief where the first part is denial the second is anger the third is bargaining and I can define this where in the beginning denial is you are trying you're just really in a state of like shock and like belief disbelief and you just don't really know what's going on it's kind of just like your whole world just kind of goes numb pretty much and just kind of like just goes numb and like that's kind of what um how I felt during that time and then anger is you know you just being completely angry of course at the other person that did you wrong or your friends, your family, or even being angry at God and asking him, like, why did this happen? Um, Then the third stage is like the bargaining stage where you are, um, you know, trying to convince yourself if you haven't already like left yet, if you're just finding out certain news, like, well, let, let me find out all the details. Maybe it's not as serious or you're kind of weighing the pros and cons of everything. And then the fourth stage, of course, is like depression where you just like feel everything. You have a lot of you're just going through the highs and lows. You're just um, really like in the grid of it, like just feeling it. And then, of course, the last stage where we want to get to is acceptance. But all of these stages are not how my therapist explained is that they're not in a linear path. You can be experiencing like all of them. You know, one day you're you're angry the next day you're depressed the next day you're like I'm good I'm doing well I've accepted it I'm good the next day you're depressed again like you can go back and forth and like jump between all these different like stages yeah Yeah, because as your mind reprocesses that life that death of that life Mm -hmm. you are remembering certain things that you might have forgot when you started to relieve that in your head and then you you re-traumatized yourself in essence because you you really want to question did this really happen Mm -hmm. why did it happen so you go back through rotating all those stages again Mm -hmm. for different memories for different moments that come up different things that you see that might have you reflect on that time and Mm -hmm. it's you said it right it's not linear it's definitely not even linear it's like a labyrinth if Mm -hmm. you really think about it because you're back and forth and you're back and forth and you're being tested to the brink of your own sanity Mm -hmm. i'm happy that you're here thank you i'm happy to be here so going through each of like the stages um the first when you mentioned exactly like how i felt during that first week um it was definitely denial it was fresh it's new yeah it's just one of those things where it's like you are you know, you're so close to the finish line that it's just like, do I (laughs) go through with this? (laughs) And just, you know, I'm already here. You know, you're you're already like, everything is set in stone. The final deposits have been made. Like everyone's about to fly in. Everyone's messaging you. Like, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait this and that. Um, And then letting you know like, oh, you know, waiting, you're waiting for your bridesmaids to come in and all that stuff. Um, So... Yeah, it was very, that first week was like very, very traumatic and very um, definitely in that denial stage where my, like I was very much in disbelief, very much in shock, very much in a lot of um, numbness because you just don't, 
one, you're just like this person that you just hold your whole persona of this person is just like gone. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like, what were we just doing for the last four years? It's mm. almost like you've just become a ghost, a shell <laughs> of that person. Because the last four years was your identity. You were building on that. Most of the things that happened before that time frame, before, yeah, before you guys made that decision to step into that life, had long been forgotten in essence. And it's almost yeah. like you need to pluck out those four years and reattach it to the years before that. Mm. And you you don't know where to start. You're, you're wondering finding yourself trying to find yourself trying to just stabilize yourself and so many people are in your ears whispering and talking and advising yeah. and you're asking to just hear your own voice hear god's voice i mean maybe even at that time it was i know you were still going to church but perhaps some of the stronger moments you were not even aware of who to ask for help or who to talk to Thankfully, some of my bridesmaids came into town early, so they really helped me with sending out the message to everyone that the wedding's canceled. Um, oh. And I, for me, one thing that I've taken away from that relationship, and even in being in denial, I was just like, you know, I know that I deserve a lot better, and that was something that I didn't deserve, you know. So it wasn't really hard for me to say this is what canceled. I didn't, I didn't, you know. Then for it was weird. Like it's like. I didn't, the anger hasn't, didn't come yet at that point. And so I feel like I instantly had to go into the bargaining stage because then I had to go and weigh all the pros and cons of, should I stay? Should I go through with this? Is this something we can talk about? Like, I just wanted, then I, at that time, it was more so trying to gather all the details of the nature of the relationship that this person had with like my then fiance then you know what was the extent extent of the relationship and so after like gathering all of those details that's how i was able to make that decision like no this is definitely something that um this person is not ready for they need a lot of growing have a lot of growing to do in you know this aspect of their lives wishing them well and they need to you know take some time to figure that out um but for me the bargaining stage of weighing the pros and cons after i gathered like all the details that wasn't really hard for me to do at all. It was like a flat out no. Yeah. Um, and I, I think going into from then on, even until now, it's like more so of me going back and forth into the um, still feeling a little bit of that like shock and still feeling a little bit of that disbelief. Because, you know, as you go through a heartbreak, especially something as that traumatic, you are it's almost like they always say like hindsight is twenty twenty vision you know what I mean so as you sit and you process just the things that went on in that your relationship you start to realize okay it makes sense now you know and so I took that time that first year after that had happened to really just sit for a second and I put myself right into therapy because I was like I'm going to go insane if I don't get into some type of therapy right now um and I really sat and I processed it. So that was really where um, I spent a lot of time in the depression stage because mm-hmm. the first couple of months um, I had insomnia. I wasn't. I had no sense of appetite. Um, I definitely started having panic attacks, and I've never had a panic attack before. Um, and it got to a point where I actually had to go to the emergency room because I just was like. It's just something when your body's not used to feeling a certain way, you really like panic and yeah. you, you continue to yeah. panic because you're like, I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm freaking yeah. out. 
Um, thankfully everything was okay, but you know, they just wanted to do all the precautionary steps and like check me my heart and do all that stuff and make sure that I'm okay. They gave me some really good resources. They put me in contact with, um, another like medical provider. So I was prescribed like anxiety medication to help with that. So, um, I spent a lot of time in that stage. It's hard. Like it was so hard seeing you like that. And yeah. Just being there in some stages, I could see all the hurts in your eyes and you expressed it, you know, you, you had your release moments. Mm-hmm. And in some days, I could just see you really fighting to compose yourself, keep it together, be strong, and even tell that future self, why am I about to cry, Ashley? <laughs> oh, God. Like I'm even, <laughs> even telling that future self, uh, like, wait yeah. for me, I'm coming. Yeah. Yeah. Like a better version of me. Mm-hmm. is coming for you mm-hmm. like it was just because i it's i knew before that time and i could see what you're going through and while i felt helpful i felt helpless at the same time yeah. because you sometimes you just want to take on that pain for that person because you know how much they are suffering how much they're in pain And that's what we mentioned in our friends episode, like when you are going through something so traumatic like that and you see people crying, you see like it's just like you just know that those are the people that you are really like truly there for you that can see the hurt, as you mentioned, like in that person's eyes, you can just see the pain. And during that time, it is hard. It's hard when you go through something as traumatic even. And for those of you that are currently going through a heartbreak where either in, in the similar, we've had similar situations where you were cheated on, where, you know, you have all these thoughts in your head about the other person that they were with, just everything that's going on in your mind. You're just like, where did you have the time to go meet with this person? Like we were doing X, Y, Z, like how in the world, you know, it's, it's just so much that you're just like having to process all at one time. Mm-hmm. And it's also then you start to really um, blame yourself for that, too, because you're like, what did I do to cause this? How could I have been a better partner, a better person? Mm -hmm. Was I really not that good enough? I mean, having to go back on all those memories and process them one after Mm -hmm. another and just. Yeah. And at the same time, trying to, you know, life, like you mentioned, life doesn't stop. Life goes on. You, you have still have bills to pay. You still have to work. So for me during that time, I took two weeks off after work to Necessary. really necessarily because one, I had to move myself out of that house um, and I had to figure out where to live. And thankfully, I had really good friends that allowed me to stay at their place where I composed myself and gathered myself and just even built up the strength to like go back to work again because it's like it's hard because it's one of those things where you wish you had all the time in the world to just feel everything and just like process what the in the world just happened you know but at the same time it's like i have to go to work Mm -hmm. i can't live at this person's house forever i gotta work so after two weeks i went back to work and it's really hard because one of the when you're in that um stage of of grief when you are grieving the loss of this relationship and you are in that like depression stage like you it was really hard to concentrate so at times I had to just put music on in my ear so I could get my work done I had to listen to podcasts so my aunt um, recommended um, Oprah's soul Oprah's podcast Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Super Soul podcast for me to listen to. So I was listening to that. Um, I was, thankfully, the Beyonce album came out <laughs> during that time. <laughs> Which really, which really, I'm not, I'm really not, I kid you not, I'm really, really not, like, trying to plug because, like, there's so many, you know, I'm really not, but that album, just because the first couple of songs were very all about self, self-worth, self-confidence, like, I needed to hear those words at that time. I needed to hear that I'm that girl. I needed to hear that I'm cozy, I feel comfortable, I'm like, I needed to hear those things, and so going to work driving from my friend's place to back and forth to work that was all I was playing in my ear I think that was like the number one or two songs that I have on my playlist of the year is that I'm that girl or cozy and energy and all those songs like the first half of that album is like that was what I was playing because I needed to hear that um yes so I I had to do I had to do all those things in order to just keep me afloat during that stage because I spent a lot of time and then um, eventually, you know, parts of me, I could feel myself start to move into that acceptance phase, the last stage of grief for making peace with the end of that relationship, which I feel like I have reached that point now, having been, um, almost, a, a year and a half out of that relationship, like making peace. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have made peace. I have <laughs> made a friend. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you, girl. I have, I've made peace with the ending of that and it took a lot of work and I'm going to get to how I even got that to that point because it was not easy. It was a lot of tears, a river full of tears, an ocean full of tears. When you're in, I just want to mention, I guess, when you're in that depression stage of grief, you are, you know, you are just feeling all of it. And I wanted to encourage our listeners who are currently going through a heartbreak and who are currently and who would say that they are like going through um or in that current stage of grief like really feel all your emotions I cannot tell you how much it, it doesn't feel good at the time of course because you know you are still processing everything you're still especially those that have been experienced like what it is like to get cheated on um you have all these thoughts about especially the other person involved your um, ex that was involved you have all these emotions and thoughts and you're just racing in your head keeping you up at night Um, I do want to encourage you all to really just cry it out as much as it takes my friends even encouraged me when I was going to work to try your best to stay focused if you have to go to the bathroom and take like a five minute like break to like recompose yourself then come back to work like I remember myself doing that multiple times too or even like closing my office door to just like have a little like cry sesh just for a second and like recompose myself and get back to like drafting this um, case or drafting this application um, just so I could stay focused um, and just try my best to stay afloat and then after work then I could just like release and like let everything out and so I really want to encourage you all to really really feel all of that and it is okay to feel exactly how you feel you did not deserve what happened to you and your body needs time to re-self like regulate itself to come back to a normal state because one thing I, I wanted to touch on earlier was you know while you're in that stage especially the stage of depression like your body is in fight or flight mode 
you are on, you are super sensitive, you are, um, your anxiety is high, your everything is just so elevated, like you're just like tense all the time. And it's going, once you come to a place where you can finally relax and like settle in, then your body is going to naturally start, you know, reprocessing the relationship and everything that happened. And that's where all these thoughts come in. And it's just really important for you to really let yourself go through that. Like listen to yourself during this time as well. Be very kind to yourself as well. It's kind of my, it's funny. My cousin told me, she said, You're, you have to treat yourself like a baby. You know, what does Ashley want to do? Does she want to take a nap? Does she want to just lay on the couch and watch a TV show? Does she want to go on a walk? Does she want to do this? Like, what is, what is Ashley? Like, just treat, think of yourself as like a baby. Like, what do you need right now? Um, if you don't feel comfortable, and it's okay, too, if you need to take a step back from um, communicating with certain people, Um, Just let them know, like, hey, I'm just not feeling good right now. Like, I've done that multiple times. Like, hey, like, I know I was, like, up and great yesterday, but today I'm just not feeling it right now. Like, I'm in my feelings. I just need a day to, like, just to be by myself for a second um, and really lean on your support system during this time, too, because you really need it. Um, And eventually, like, you will get to that acceptance stage and how I was even able to get to that stage of course and some sharing going into like some resources that have helped me get to that stage of course the first thing I did was and it's crazy during that first week when everything happened like I just like got on my knees and I just started praying and I was like God I know I prayed this prayer earlier And I didn't know that you were going (laughs) to, that it was going to hurt this bad. But I did say a prayer throughout our relationship that, you know, God, if this relationship isn't from you, please take it away. Please get rid of it. If it's not meant, if it's not coming from you, I don't want it. And the more we continued to progress, I was like, oh, okay, we're we're still going. You know, and it just kept getting progressing and progressing and progressing. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm getting married. Oh, my gosh. You know, all this other stuff. I'm like, all right, maybe this is from, you know. Um, And then when that this happened, I'm just like, okay, you know, we didn't expect it. But the interesting thing that I would say that I appreciated about myself during this time was that I did not point the finger at God. I I didn't I wasn't angry with God at all. I didn't have any anger towards him or anything. It was more like a thank you. Like, thank you for protecting me. Thank you for keeping me safe and healthy during this time, especially for those that, um, you know, have gotten cheated on. You know, you you also have those thoughts of like, dang, I hope I didn't, you know, I'm not, I'm okay. Like, I, I didn't contract anything and all that other stuff, you know, because you just never know. Um, and I'm just thankful that I didn't. I'm thankful that I walked away like scotch-free, nothing, no, nothing, no detriment to my health or anything like that, you know. Um, And I just was like, just thank you for getting me out of this. Thank you for not allowing me to marry this person. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for that protection, you know, and that was what I did. And at first, of course, I went and talked to um, like just letting our church family know and everything and getting advice from like the pastor. And that really helped me too, just to start reading like some scriptures, even if it was like a little um, a little one verse a day or one, a little scripture, even if I don't feel 
obviously you're not going to want to feel like doing this. I'm telling you, I know I've been, been there. I know you're not going to want to feel like doing this, but if you can find the energy to just read something. Yeah. It's a way of finding yourself back to yourself. It's going to take work. It's going to take a while. It's going to take that investment, of course, and this remind us here and there of a time that you once felt joyful mm -hmm. in. And for you, putting on those values, that was so strong of you to just make that discernment after you assess the situation, I'm going to walk away. Yeah. That no longer served me. Yeah. As, you dis as you were coming back into your own and you started to place life where it needed to go what were some of the core values you learned about yourself through that time frame even during the relationship and when you reflect on what it was teaching you and what you were grateful for mm -hmm. during it and coming out of it like what were some of the core values you took away from that season of your life First and foremost, love yourself. Yes, a core theme for us. Yeah, Absolutely. you just have to because I would say that before getting into that relationship, during the relationship, it wasn't that I didn't love myself. It was that I didn't love myself enough to stand firm on my morals and standards and to stand confident in them. And I think during that relationship, if I had, then it would have been easier for me then to recognize certain signs that I didn't see um, and be okay walking away then, you know, setting that standard of, you know, now knowing what I know now, I definitely would not have lived with this person. I didn't need to know who they were in that capacity in order for me to date them. You know, that's something that I will never do again. Um, I know now that um, it is very important to talk to whoever you are dating and learn about their um, sexual expectations and really recognizing, okay, me, I don't place a value in that up front because I'm trying to take my time to get to know you. And that's just not, it's natural for women. Like that's just not where our head's at when we first meet someone, maybe for some, but I know for a majority of us, it really isn't. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of men, it is, you know, again, that that's kind of their way of testing you. Like how, how easy are you? Can I get you into bed really fast and all that stuff? So I mean, how to discard you. Yes. Because they will definitely know how to treat you based on how, they can accomplish that goal of theirs. Yeah, exactly. So I think if I had stood firm in, in knowing and asking, being confident enough to ask those questions up front more and being confident about, hey, what are you, what are your sexual expectations? Are you someone that, do you believe sex is a, is a very important thing in a relationship? Like how early, how soon? Like, well, what are your thoughts around that? And I think then it would have helped me realize that me and this person are just not compatible in that stance error just to help me realize that this person that's kind of where their mind was at and they weren't maybe um you know I'm not a mind reader so I don't know but it would have helped me just make that discernment for myself and knowing okay I know what I want in a relationship and I want someone that respects me and values me and doesn't see me as someone that they just kind of want to sleep with and that's it or they 
want to be intimate super fast in a relationship you know without taking the time to get to know who I am at my core um that's something that I if I had loved myself enough I would have been more confident to bring those conversations up earlier on and also another thing too is to just again just along the lines of that just being more confident to have those tough conversations up front um not of course on the first date or anything like that but just you know as I'm taking the time to get to know and also really doing a lot less talking more listening and being more observant for me like I'm just a very easy natural like easygoing person like I'm really just like I wouldn't say like I'm not go with the flow but I'm just like very just easygoing like I'm very chill my friends know me like sometimes they wonder if I'm even interested in what we're doing (laughs) but to the point I'm like (laughs) I am I'm just calm you know I'm a very calm person (laughs) by the side that I see right yeah it's going well yeah it's good like I'm chill like I'm chilling right now you know like I'm good but (laughs) Um, that's just who I am. And so for me, I, one thing I'm taking away is just to learn how to pace myself and learn how to be more observant. It's definitely important because you'll know what energy you're bringing back into your life and what's a testimony on accountability and self-awareness, because some of these relationships can take you on two different spectrums of life is either you advance from it and you see some really impactful personal growth or you are just so disturbed and traumatized by it that you have completely abandoned your self-respect, your morals, your values, your sanity even, to just be done with it. My sanity definitely um, went away for a second. But you were strong enough. You're like, I'm holding on to you for dear life. Whether you stay with me or you go, you're coming back to me. And that will test your character so much Mm -hmm. because you're just at a vulnerable stage where so many different things can influence you and if you're not strong enough you'll be susceptible to clearly the wrong energies in your life the wrong people in your life Mm -hmm. the wrong influences to listen to Mm -hmm. and abandoning the goals that you set up for yourself it can just be such a disruptive destructive space to stay in Mm -hmm. if you're not mindful cautious and accepting accountability Mm -hmm. and being awareness doing that introspective work to just where did i go wrong because one of the first things that we even mentioned on the very first episode is that there has to be a measure of accountability we contributed to some of that happening to some respect did we deserve it No. no But there are certain things that because we did not have the conversation, we were not prompted to ask that question. We were not prompted to monitor that behavior. We let it fall by the wayside. So we just thought that life was joyfully happening and we were part of the mix in there. But no, it has taught you to not be so observant that you're looking for everything to point a fault to, but observant in the sense that I know what I'm going to welcome in my life. I know what I'm looking for. And I'm confident to say, if you're not meeting the mark, I can let that relationship go. I can move on because it's not going to serve anything good as for what I want. I'm not going to compromise what I'm trying to accomplish because I like how this person looks. I love how they make me feel. Mm -hmm. I'm on cloud nine and I don't want that. I don't want to not have this person like me. We are so valuable when we know the worth of who we are. 
so valuable you have no idea the more you learn to and it's just what i'm learning now like just the more you know to learn yourself just the amount of energy and light that just comes from that will just naturally draw good people into your life and of course there are going to be people that come to you that are going to look to come and, and steal that joy and light from you and taking these things away i do you know i do truly believe that um you know maybe this was something this was a test to me that maybe the enemy was brought this person in to try to kill and destroy like my joy my light in my life and um stirring me away from the my heart's desires of like wanting to be married like wanting to have kids and wanting to have that type of life um because that is like my one of my heart's desires you know and um trying to not let what happened to me affect that and for those that have gone through something like that it is really hard I can't, I would be I would not be telling the truth if I said that those other things have, haven't crossed my mind like I'm never gonna date again this is it I'm done because this type of thing will cause you to do that and in fact like you know, I do want to be mind. Want to say a message to those people that think that doing this type of things to the, the to people is okay. It is not. A lot of people. This is something that can make people commit suicide. To be honest, because of just the nature of what this does psychologically and physical and the physical symptoms that come from it. You know, it is not an easy thing to overcome. And so I just do want to be, that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast is again, we want to encourage people to heal. And so they stop hurting other people based on their trauma. We want to create a safe space for all the individuals who've been through to also know that they are not alone. Mm -hmm. Because when I was going through my own situation to I felt I was completely alone in the sense that nobody has had had experienced that before. And I had I had one supportive friend and my mom, my sisters did not understand. Again, it's a, I would say it's a cultural thing too. But just ensuring that this space is something that is somewhere a voice can be heard of commonality of I'm here with you. I am here for you. And this is us here for sure. And so to to move, you know, into how you can ways to get you to that acceptance um, as the last stage of grief and like continuing to like work on yourself. You know, I mentioned definitely turning to God first. And the next thing is therapy. And for those that have experienced something like this traumatic, I highly recommend EMDR. I believe I've mentioned it in a prior episode, but for those that don't know what EMDR is, it is a form of therapy for people that have experienced trauma or for people that are experiencing PTSD symptoms. And it stands for eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. So again, it is it is a very in-depth, strenuous type of therapy because you are taking yourself back to that same traumatic event over and over and over again and experience and exploring that and your therapist is asking you questions while you are either crossing your arms and tapping you're looking at a pen or ball moving side to side and your eyes are moving with it as well but the point is so that you can take that 
traumatic event and, you know, experience and feel all of those emotions that have come from that in order for your brain to not be so highly, to not think of it as such a highly stressed event anymore in your body and for you to then begin to process it logically and to you to come to that place where you can say you didn't deserve what happened to you. It's not going to define who you are. It's not going to define your future, um, all of those things. And that has really, really helped me. And I'm still in that now. And it's been over a year. So if you truly want to heal and really come out of this, I highly recommend that. But just therapy in general, because you know, doing this type of work is hard and it just, you do have to go through and you do have to go back to that time and you don't want to because of course it caused something that caused you so much pain. But in order to, to overcome that, you have to go through it. You can't avoid it. You can't because it's going to fester and it's going to come out whether you like it or not. And that's something that I didn't want to happen. I didn't want me to get into my next relationship and and things are going to fester into this day like they probably will because again you know you can only heal so much and, and you're from everyone you're going to learn different yeah. experiences you're going to encounter different situations of course that yeah. is so different for everybody so it will show up maybe in a different way a different time and you don't know what it is but the beautiful thing is that you are taking yourself through the stages of learning how to heal learning how to process those and while you perhaps might not be in therapy at the time you'll remember some of the exercises some of the training mm -hmm. that you've been through some of the conversations with your therapist and talk yourself through those times so exactly. it might not be again the same thing but it will be helpful later on to remember how you were able to overcome that one thing that i would have said years ago um, in conversations with my former partner is that you cannot sweep things under the rug because you keep sweeping the same thing under the rug it goes into the same space eventually it becomes a mound and what happens you try to walk over it you're going to stumble over it or it becomes so big that you can't even see past it mm -hmm. so it becomes a roadblock eventually you have to be able to have that conversation smooth in the surface it's going to be painful. It might hurt. But the beautiful thing is that it won't hurt as much as it will in the future having to rip that and open that wide open and have to deal with all the things that have accumulated throughout the years. Another thing I wanted to continue to add that has helped me get to that acceptance was finding joy, how finding ways to bring joy back into my life, especially going through something so painful it's hard to smile you don't even want to smile right. it's you, almost like you feel guilty for being happy right like right. <laughs> and also too you know a lot of people that you may encounter as you're going as you are healing they don't know what you're going through either and so while you are trying to find things that make you happy again like please don't let anyone tell you you should be at home crying you should be this you should be that take your time um, and find things that bring you joy again. So whether that's tapping into your creative side, if you like art, 
coloring has really helped me. I discovered adult coloring books. It is great. I was like, oh, colored pencils. <laughs> I haven't colored in like since elementary school, you know, just little things that just like bring that nostalgic feeling back into you or even like painting like there's a really great website called painting by the numbers where if you don't know how to draw very well at least if you know how to paint in the lines you can do that <laughs> and it's really great because they have really good um diff they have really good canvases and really different pictures that you can paint and some that are beginner up to advanced where the um, paintings have like tiny numbers and things and you have to use a lot of colors but um, it really is nice and I would I you know went with uh, it was for but another friend's birthday and we all p did that and I'm still working on mine today but I just put on music and like I put on um, like lo-fi which is like a really good um, music station on Apple Music where it's just like acoustic sounds and they have different versions they have a chill playlist they have a studying playlist they have a focus playlist they have so many different playlists but it's called lo-fi l-o-f-i and i just put that on or even some jazz and put that on and just paint and just kind of zone out for a second and i would find myself painting for like hours i'm like dang two hours has gone by i'm like oh that was nice you know therapy you've forgotten about that probably put it in the past Mm -hmm. and you're focused on something that makes you happy yeah and then for me too it was dancing so right after shortly after that experience happened I, I joined um, a dance program at Culture Shock here and that really helped bring joy back into my life so I really think the program it was um, the training program the work work study program for bringing me out of a dark place for those months that I was in it I was in the fall twenty. 22 season and of the work study program and it was requiring me to go to five different dance classes during the week and um, I would get those classes for free but I would volunteer for three hours um, and work like a shift um, during the week and I chose to do that on the weekends because I work and it's just hard to do that you know being an, an attorney it's really hard we have to work a lot of hours so it's really hard to like find time to like go to class and all that but I, I still made it work because I was dedicated and that really helped a lot it just helped you know it was like my body getting my body moving getting the blood flow moving I'm around people that are dancing and going to like those different dance classes really helped a lot and I remember I followed mm -hmm. you a few times came to like three or four classes mm -hmm. It was it was great. <laughs> I you're talking and I'm just reminiscing and this is what literally you do when you are in therapy mm -hmm. because this is therapy for us too, quite yeah. literally. Mm -hmm. And I'm smiling. I'm looking at you talking. And I'm smiling because we've had so many great memories together. Mm -hmm. I remember when we went down to Old Town, San mm -hmm. Diego, and we were. Dancing. dancing we went yeah. getting some mexican food mm -hmm. and we picked up some ice cream some mm -hmm. churros mm -hmm. and then there was a local band at one of the popular restaurants and we just like just stayed dancing we got other people like to mm -hmm. come and join us and we we're holding hands with strangers mm -hmm. life is so beautiful you just find those small moments that make you joyful and forget that and you go back to your own home and Yes, there might be reminders, but of the beautiful things that now you are creating new members, right. new memories. You're creating new times in your life that you can fall back on. Right. And again, I also want to emphasize like physical health too. Like 
I know during this time, you definitely don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to go to the gym. You just don't want to do nothing. You want to stay and just slumber and all that. But I'm telling you, even something as simple as like going for a walk will really help. You get the blood flow moving. You can listen to the lo-fi. You can listen to whatever music. Make yourself a gospel playlist. Whatever you need to do. Like I definitely did that and I listen to that every most mornings when I wake up and get ready for work, I'm listening to my gospel because that really helps like get my day started and just listening to the encouraging words like this, like just singing along to like the words and like the scriptures throughout the verses and the choruses like help. But getting up and like moving and trust me, the gym is your friend. So it is your friend. If you, And then if you are in the anger stage of grief where you feel like you need to punch or break something to get yourself into kickboxing or boxing or something and just punch it out like you know just release all that anger and stress and just whatever you may be feeling like just let it out and and that will and then look at and you'll just see the more you go and the more you continue to release how good you feel and you know, on, on top of that you're getting in great shape and then you're going to even build even more confidence because you're getting in shape and you're like okay I'm looking good and you know, it's just a little things, but uh, the main thing also with all of this is please take your time. I know there's things out there that say the amount of years you've been in a relationship is the amount of years you need to heal and, and all of that. That's not true. Um, people, he- you you, people heal in different ways and it's, a, it's very individual, individualistic for each person. So Whatever you're going through, whatever type of heartbreak you're going through, whether it was from, you know, them situationships or whatever, you know, take the lesson, take that accountability, develop that self-awareness of, you know, what part you played in that. And as Chanel mentioned earlier, you know, it's not saying that you deserve what happened to you, but it is taking a step back and realizing, you know, what did I do to attract this person? Like, how, what was my mindset during this relationship? Like, what was I doing? Like, what what was I accepting? What what was what was I accepting the bare minimum? All this other stuff, like, and the more you do continue to do that work, the less you'll you know attract the same person again, and you know that's our hope for everyone. But the main thing is like just to take your time. Like, for me, it's only been a year and a half, and there's been so much growth since then, and I'm still currently healing, currently taking my time. I'm not on anyone's timeline but my own. So yeah, definitely. To resonate what Ash is sharing, continue to work on yourself mm-hmm. and find ways to bring your joy back mm-hmm. into your life. Yeah. It's a beautiful place to be where you know that I'm happy. I am joyfully, honestly happy. Yeah. So as we conclude this episode, we would like to do a little exercise where I mentioned in the previous episode that journaling as well helps as uh, will help and is a, a healthy coping like mechanism to let all your thoughts out. I definitely journal journaled a lot during um, my stage where I was, um, you know, in that depression stage during of grief and reading a lot of books about relationships and um, attachment styles and all that stuff and um, learning how to build confidence and. Um, learning how to take self-awareness but one of the journaling prompts that I mentioned was this card deck called we're not really strangers but the breakup edition 
It is a card deck that you can get from Amazon. And we are going, me and Chanel are going to choose one of these cards. And how we're going to be soothing her this week is we're going to journal on them. So I have the deck in front of me and Chanel is going to pick one card from here. Get it shuffled a bit. Yes. Okay. My card from We're Not Really Strangers read, imagine who, Ashley? <laughs> These cards will get you. <laughs> Why do I, do, do I have to answer that? Yeah. God, this is leading to part two of this perfectly. Yes. Imagine you're talking to your ex. Finish the sentence. I am sorry for blank. Mm -hmm. I will answer you on episode part two of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's see where we are. Okay, I shuffle for you. Um, I'm going to choose this one. Oh, 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 okay. I have a wild card. Uh, My wild card. Oh, and it's perfect for me too. Uh, write down three things you love about yourself that aren't physical. Okay. I think three things that I love about myself that aren't physical um, is the strength that I have. That's one thing I think. And I've heard this multiple times throughout my experience going through this like traumatic heartbreak is the amount of strength that I had to pull myself together to go back to work to still try to find joy in life to get myself back into dancing to still feel all of my emotions and just to balance like how I've been feeling and the work that I've been putting in therapy um, it would definitely be my strength and the second thing would be my faith as well how close I've gotten to God now when I mentioned that I started, I formed my own gospel playlist and I listen to that on most mornings, sometimes every morning, sometimes that's all I listen to throughout the day. Um, and just like adding more artists to that right now, um, even like switching up my gym playlist to add more of the um, like gospel, like hip hop songs, even then, you know, just like making that like shift and just really wanting to like get more into the word or get, deep, get more deeper into the word now like just the changes that I've seen and that I've made currently in my life now as a result of this is like wow you know I'm proud of myself for that um and I guess I I would say that I'm um the fact that I still had that I I had a sense of self-worth even if I felt like I didn't because I still me walking away and instant no looking back no contact no nothing um showed that I love myself and when you say that it was um you know we I'm proud of you and all that work and that it's you know it prompted you to say it's not something physical because when you dig in you really find beautiful things about yourself mm -hmm. So that's how we'll be soothing her this week. Is there any addition that you want to soothe her on the topic of or that will be it, that reminder? I think just that reminder and also for me to just, knowing even though I have reached that acceptance though, just 
how I'm going to be continuing to soothe her in addition is like just reminding myself of those things I just shared and continuing to accept that I'm still going to have my days where I'm still, I may even be find myself on my low. I may still have, you know, feelings about everything. Again, it's, it's still, still fresh a little bit. It's only been a year and a half, but, um, you know, I've accepted that there are, I've accepted the physical action, the physical symptoms that I've had, like the PTSD, the fight or flight, the anxiety. I'm praying those away and working with God to help me heal my heart and and mend it together through that. And I've accepted that, you know, when you fall and scrape your knee, you do have a scar. So I've accepted that there will always be a scar on my heart as a result of that. Um, that's something that I just can't change. But at the same time, that scar, it's not meant to stop me from moving forward, but it's just meant as like a reminder to build me, make that's made me just stronger, like going into the next relationship, whoever that person will be that now I know, you know, again, what to look for. I know, you know, I know myself more now more. I know exact. I've taken the time to gain knowledge about how relationships should look in the eyes of God, like what it really means for a man to love you, like all that stuff, you know. So it's more like just like a reminder and just accepting that this is where I'm at in this healing journey and just being perfectly okay with that. That's why we're healing, to be okay with what's left and what's going to grow from all of this pain, suffering, Mm -hmm. and trauma. So we'll, we'll leave you on that beautiful note from Ashley. And we ask that you also do your own introspection. We're all in some way or another needing, in need of healing. So as we soothe our heads,